guys. Um, this little intro is going to sound a little bit different from the rest of the podcast. That's because this time around, I did forget to actually put in our quote that I felt kind of wrapped up uh, part of the story or, or gave you a feeling for what the episode was about. Um, I know one episode in and I'm forgetting to record parts. But anyway, I just wanted to go ahead and uh, record this and edit it in. But I think um, this time around, the quote actually, and believe me, it pains me to say this because I don't like this person, but I think Jim Morrison said it best when he uh, put in there, you trade in your reality for a role. You give up your ability to feel in an exchange, put on a mask. So think about that as you listen to this episode and see if you can see how it matches up and how it it kind of uh, epitomizes the feel of these movies. Hey guys, welcome to another uh, podcast for The Horror Apocalypse, where we discuss uh, all things horror and horror entertainment. Uh, once again, you are joined by myself and my brother Ian. Ian, how you doing? Hey guys, how's it going? What you been up to, Ian? Uh, just getting ready for this, watching some movies, trying to get myself into the scared straight mode, I guess I could say. Nice, nice. Well, just to give you guys a heads up, this episode will be uh, part two of our Benefit or Detriment series. Uh, this episode we are focusing on uh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> I almost said Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, <laughs> Friday the 13th and whether or not going, uh, what was it, 12 movies deep, whether or not that was a, a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but first off, I would like to discuss some, some horror news. Um, one of the, what was our last episode about, Ian? It was about Hellraiser. Yeah, remember how we thought it was kind of final, the, the way they kind of ended things, kind of almost following Scarlet Gossipal, that there's no way they can bring this back? Oh, no. Yeah, the director has uh, actually said that he wants to turn this into a new series, a new Hellraiser series. What? Yeah, it's. Um, I'm kind of disappointed to hear that. Uh, I would actually really, really like to see Clive Barker's Hellraiser reboot that he's been working on. Um, but I think that's going to take about... That'll probably premiere when Todd McFarlane's reboot of Spawn finally premieres. <laughs> so <laughs> there's no telling when that's going to be. Um, also, uh, go ahead. Why, though, did... The last four movies debunking horribly didn't give them any ideas? Four? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Which I like the last six. I mean, it was... Uh, I, I, as much as I'm a Hellraiser fan and I love Hellpriest, um, I've, I've been very disappointed with that series uh, since probably halfway through four. <laughs> it kind of went all downhill <laughs> after that. Um, but as of, as of tonight, uh, the Oscars are premiering. Um, and in the horror news, you know what uh, what movie is set to take Best Picture? Which one? Uh, Shape of Water. Ooh. Yeah, that's the rumored to be Best Picture, uh, which it would be great to see Guillermo del Toro get up and win for, for Best Picture. Uh, I love everything he's ever done. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen a bad Guillermo del Toro movie yet, even his lesser stuff. I, I love it. Like Peter Jackson. I mean, everybody knows Lord of the Rings. Everybody loves it. But you've also got to love his other stuff, like Meet the Feebles and Bad Taste, and uh, <laughs> if you, you got to love it all. But um, yeah, Get Out and um, Shape of Water are both uh, the big ones for uh, the Oscars this year. Which Oscars are airing tonight? But by the time you guys hear this episode, it will be probably close to two months since the Oscars. <laughs> so uh, this is going to be all old news, and and we'll we'll know at that point in time if it won Best Picture or not. Fingers crossed. 
Um, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff happening in horror news right now. Um, for example, uh, Halloween, the new Halloween movie is coming out. is essentially Halloween 1.5. Yeah, it's it's weird how this one is playing out. They're going back to the very beginning. It takes place, I don't know, something like 25, 30 years after the first Halloween. But Halloween Part 2 does not exist. This is supposed to be the direct sequel to Halloween Part 1. What so, the hell? I, I don't quite get it myself, so I'm hoping it's it's going to be good. But um, Hollywood ran out of ideas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of, of Hollywood, and I want to get this out real quick. Not that he'll ever hear it, but we want to wish Kevin Smith a, a speedy recovery. Uh, I don't know if you knew or if uh, our listeners knew. He had a, a heart attack, massive heart attack. Oh, yeah, he um, he wasn't feeling very well, and I guess he he had a an issue where he felt sick, and um, uh, he was filming two specials, two comedy specials back to back, and uh, he wasn't feeling well. He ended up throwing up. Uh, he felt like he couldn't get air, and um, it, it just it resulted in a massive heart attack. They rushed him to the hospital. Um, but within like two days, he was fine. He had a stint put in his heart and everything. So that's serious. Yeah, uh, he's not horror, but um, a lot of people consider his movie Red State a, a form of horror. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but um, I respect Kevin Smith because you know he's my body double. So. A little bit. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so Ian, what's what's been keeping you horror focused this week? Just watching the movies we were preparing for for this podcast. Um, my girlfriend and I actually ended up starting to watch our own little series, trying to do a little binge watching of Saw. As begrudging as I've been with that entire series from episode one on, and that's also getting me into the mode trying to criticize and critique and pinpoint certain things throughout the movie because I despise that series. Well, that's one that we're we're possibly looking at for a benefit or detriment uh, episode as well and we, we talked earlier which hopefully this works out um if this podcast can can get a pretty decent following and we can go for a while possibly doing a benefit or detriment series each year and we'll, we'll pick five movies that have a, a ton of sequels and we'll watch them all we'll binge watch them and record so <laughs> hopefully by then saw doesn't have some more yeah i'm sure it will i'm, I'm done i'm, I'm done <laughs> Well, yeah, I've actually got to binge it coming up. Uh, we we should have a guest reviewer um, uh, for that series too, uh, Danny. So hopefully, Danny can sit in with us. And there went that element of surprise, right? <laughs> <laughs> surprise! All right, guys. Um, for well, for me, what's been keeping me going is uh, I've been reading um, Legion uh, by Peter Blady, the mm-hmm. guy behind uh, Exorcist. So I'm uh, I'm kind of enjoying it. It's it's a little bit different, uh, a little more of the history put out for it. Uh, but yeah, reading that, um, of course, prepping for the Oscars tonight. Uh, watched Get Out, Shape of Water, um, Coco. Uh, not that that's horror, but kid goes to the underworld and the world totally of the horror. dead. And yeah, I got gotcha. you. Totally horror. Watching it in my red hoodie. Jesus. Face paint. Weirdo. My acoustic guitar next to me. <laughs> Dead dog in my lap. Oh, that went to a dark place. Spirit, All right. <laughs> it's spirit dog, okay? All right. So, uh, we, well, needless to say, we've been keeping each other busy. But um, let, let's go ahead and, and jump right into this now. I mean, we're, we were talking uh, 
uh, Friday the 13th. So let's go ahead and check out the trailer for Friday the 13th part one. What did you think of this one? First one, I appreciated it. It kind of didn't really set up much of what the movie or the series ended up turning out to be. It was more so just backstory. You're not quite sure what's going on as much as you would think you would be. But it had some pretty gruesome scenes. It had um, a few first point of view, like first person point of view kill scenes, which I find found very interesting. You don't see that much in horror back then or today. And overall, it was a pretty good movie for that time. I, I agree. For that time, it was uh, a pretty good movie. Even today, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I thought it really stands up. And I, I love the trivia that goes along with that, uh, with this Friday the 13th series. I mean, how many times you go to somebody and say, hey, who was the killer in Friday the 13th? Oh, it was Jason Voorhees, man. No. Nope. Nope. You're wrong. Because <laughs> who was it in this one? It was Pamela, his mother. Exactly. Pamela Voorhees. And that I thought was, was really cool, especially getting into the Friday the 13th series much later. You know, I was only five years old, I think, when this movie came out. Four or five. So I, I wasn't 
in that that horror age just yet. I mean, granted, I like you heard in uh, one of our earlier episodes, going to the drive-in and you know catching Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that. But I wasn't as uh, independent in seeking out horror movies like I was later in in my my teenage years. So uh, getting into this one when I did. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think my father took me to see uh, Hellraiser, or Hellraiser, Friday the 13th Part 9, uh, Jason Goes to Hell. I'm uh, pretty sure he took me to see that in the theater. And that was right around the time uh, I think I started getting into into it. I had seen a few beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was a new one for me. Um, and then to, to go into this one, and, and I'll be honest, the first time I watched it, I was disappointed. I was, where's Jason? You know, come on, where's the killer? Uh, who is this lady? Oh, this is so stupid. And then I watched it again <laughs> and again and again. I must have seen this movie at least 15, 20 times. And every time I see it, you, you find something new, something you didn't recognize before. And it just adds so much more to the series. And it's great to, to see parts one, two, and three kind of set up. And that's the whole story. Beginning, middle, sort of end. Very long-lasting end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so I enjoyed it. I, some of the kill scenes were great. Um, that great twist ending, which... Oh, for, forgot. Guys, this podcast is going to be filled with spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so we've already spoiled a big one now. So if you don't want to hear any more, go ahead and um, just go. mute it. Keep it playing. Keep it downloaded. Keep us, you know, in the in the feed. But <laughs> just mute it. But no, um, I, I liked it. I thought it was great. And it, it led right into part two. And there's a lot of great trivia between one and two. Um, for example, are you in the camp that Jason actually died, or are you in the camp that he lived when he was a kid? In the camp he lived. You, you think he, after he quote unquote drowned, he lived? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I agree that he lived. He. My thought process is he crawled out of the the lake um, later on. He may have fainted or, or did drown but he came to crawled out of the lake he was scared i mean he just had a near-death experience and or or he may have actually died for a little bit and, and came back but um there's all kinds of fan theories flying around now with pamela and whether or not she used the necronomicon to bring him back and um that he's actually a deadite and all this other stuff but which we'll, we'll get to in one of the later ep- uh later movies that we'll talk about in this episode because um yeah, I'm kind of passionate about that myself. <laughs> My um, big thing is I'm bringing science into this and religion for those that would care about that. If he died as a boy, your soul does not age. Your soul doesn't have an age. He can't come out the 20, 30 years later and be 20, 30 years later. Even if you're brought back immortality, your body no longer ages. It's known fact. Once you're brought back, you're in that body forever. What you got is what you have. That's it. So, if he was that size at 13, I am really glad I was not his mother in childbirth. <laughs> true, true. Now, that could also be mentally you stay that age, though. Which would lead to, to um, lend to the benefit of the, the theory that he did die and his mother brought him back later on. Because he's such a, an inquisitive and angry person, like a child... And every time you see, like in part eight and some other ones where he's reverted, or Freddy versus Jason, he reverts back to his child form. So don't don't make me defend that theory because I think that theory is just freaking ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. But, but they, I thought you were on my <laughs> side. What is I this? Am, I am. I got you. I'm with you. Um, 
Well, part one, I, I thought it was great. It really started the series off with a kick. Um, great surprise twist ending. Um, great kills. And uh, to have these kills coming from like a 50, 60 year old. Well, no, wait, how old would she have been at that time? Uh, she was born in 1930 and this is probably about the 80s so she was 50 yeah so in her 50s have a 50 year old woman performing some of these kills and lifting the bodies up into the barn and things like that well one of the scenes i was talking with you earlier about it she's trying to scare alice the last one and she throws one of the women's bodies through the window yeah (laughs) I, i can barely lift a body to carry it and she's just up and jumping through with it and nah yeah exactly so well, Pamela has um, supernatural. Well, I wouldn't say supernatural strength, but psycho strength. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> She's crazy. So, how did how did Pamela? Remember, guys, spoilers. How did Pamela catch it at the end of, of part one? Oh my god, this part actually annoyed me a little bit. <laughs> it goes through. She kills Steve, Bill, every counselor that's in this camp humiliates them she nails one dude to a wall with an arrow and then she gets overpowered by a tween and her head gets cut off with a machete okay well i was using that to lead into what you know part two starts with <laughs> you just wow you, you made it sound so horrible exactly i didn't like it i did not i apologize i was kind of upset with it after everything, I was expecting some actual struggle, not some, like, cute chick cuddling on a beach and all of a sudden the chick's missing a head. Well, she was on a beach in a heavy sweater. She deserved to die. Yeah. But we don't know. Maybe it was cold. <laughs> I go to the beach in a sweater, but I am I have to. Protection. The sun hurts. Well, you, you need, like, SPF 3000. Shut up. <laughs> God. You're so white, you glow. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I hear a Cullen joke after this, we're going to fight. Right. <laughs> Well, in uh, in part one, the killer is played by Betsy Palmer, which we know is Pamela Voorhees. Uh, she did. She she gets her head chopped off at the end with a giant machete by a tween. By a tween, <laughs> which leads us into part two. And by and part two, uh, Jason has witnessed this. He has seen his mother get beheaded by these these counselors. Now, through the the history of Friday the Thirteenth, uh, prior to the first movie or between the first movie and the the story coming out and everything. Um, we are led to believe that Jason is dead. Well, we find out in part two, Jason is not dead. He's actually been alive this whole time and living in the woods, uh, surviving off scraps that he could steal uh, from the surrounding towns and cabins and things like that. He hasn't really been um, a psycho murderer, so to speak. I mean, they, he. I think there were a couple uh, of bodies that turned up, but I don't think they were his until... Uh, his first kills in part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but um, forgive me, guys. I know last episode I said we like to do our our homework and investigate as much as we can uh, beforehand, and I did not. That is me this episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ian has actually really done a lot of uh, research. I mean, I didn't even... Oh, camp, camp counselor Steve and Bill. And blah. I'm Steve like, was the owner, thank you. Wait, was he the blonde guy or the fat guy? <laughs> But no, but no. This this led into to Jason uh, in part two. Now Jason, this is a pretty iconic um, point in the series as well, because not only is it the introduction of Jason, but it's also uh, Sackhead Jason, where he's running around with uh, a potato sack over his eye with only one hole cut out of it. I don't quite understand how that's going to help his depth perception. It helps with aiming. 
Uh, sure, sure. We'll go eh, with that. But it he, works. He didn't, I don't think he threw anything in this one to kill anybody. It was off scene. Oh, okay. Right. Off camera. Deleted scene? Yes. I got you. Um, in this one, <laughs> Jason is played by Warrington Gillette. And says, yeah, I did do some research. Yeah, you beat me on this one. <laughs> I didn't care about actors. No, my, my one of the things I took notes on through this whole series is uh, who played Jason. Because everybody knows Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder is probably the most popular Jason in the series. I will one. still vote the best, by the way. He gives the demeanor. Well, there's a couple. Kane Hodder is definitely one of my favorites. Um, but in part two, we, we get the first appearance of Jason, and Jason kind of going off on his killing spree. Um, what were your thoughts on part two? It was okay. Again, I'm being the younger generation, it does kind of feed into the... It's an older movie. I look at it kind of weird, like, really? But it introduced the main character for the rest of the series, all 11... Not episodes, movies in the series. Um, installments. Thank you, installments. Haha, <laughs> now <laughs> sounds smart. But it was the first installment with them with Jason, the new main character. Um, it showed how this whole series was going to be fed off of revenge. In the first movie, Pamela, once they reopen the camp, goes back into a vengeful spite killing, and kills the counselors because this is where her son had died. This is where. This was the sacred ground of her child that the previous counselors let drown, and they're going to reopen it. She kills them all to try to prevent it. In part two, Pam Pamela has died. Jason has watched it, and now he goes on a spiteful killing. So I like that it was keeping kind of a theme to it. Even though it switched characters, the story led into it and followed through. Yeah, the, the characters in this one, I was not... Um invested in i guess you could say i i loved jason i mean this i think is one of the ones that kind of got us into loving the the villain as opposed to um actually caring about the counselors and and so on to us these are just uh disposable people in in my opinion we're not watching this to cheer for a counselor we're watching this to see how the counselor is going to die Mm -hmm. um so I, I really didn't care about any of them. Um, I mean, we did get Betsy Palmer back, uh, even though it was flashbacks. Um, we did get uh, some more reappearances from Adrian King. She was the survivor from the first one and, and so on. So, I mean, there, there were some people, but uh, for the most part, the only one I really cared about was uh, Walt, Crazy Ralph, and, uh, of course, Jason. Which, oh, and, and Amy Steele. I actually kind of liked her, even though she was annoying as hell. Which, with that being said, Adrian King played Alice in the first one. Mm-hmm. That is who killed Pamela, and that is actually Jason's first kill. He yeah. seeks his revenge by killing Alice. That is how his spree starts. There you go. <laughs> I sound important. Uh, I told you, uh, Devil Bunny, the, our producer, um, put in a bid for that uh, Friday the 13th camp. I hate it? you. Did yes. you hear about that? You did. I hate you. The, the camp that Friday the 13th was originally uh, filmed at up in New Jersey, they hold a, uh, I don't know, tours, I guess, where you can go and kind of tour the camp and so on. And they're, they're holding a bidding contest right now where if you're the winning bidder, you can do an overnight excursion to this camp and they have all kinds of really cool things planned out for the overnight. And I think that's really cool. I, I, fingers crossed that we I hope win. you understand. The first overnight experience is me kicking you out and taking over. <laughs> Well, this part two, uh, to be honest, I think it's kind of 
take it or leave it. It's mm-hmm. not a huge one for me. I don't absolutely have to have to see this one other than to to see Jason for the first time. And it's that sackhead Jason I think is a little more intimidating than the hockey mask Jason almost because he seems a little more real. Once he puts on the hockey mask, he becomes the the icon, mm-hmm. you know, and the thing you know you're never going to see in real life. Yes, exactly. That that sackhead Jason it's uh i might live next door to the guy yeah yeah that's what my neighbors think about me i think uh, okay <laughs> i feel safe well this of course <laughs> led to uh part three part three was uh the first appearance of that iconic hockey mask mm-hmm. so after sackhead jason um kills a few more people he ends up picking up the hockey mask and going about his murder spree and once again it's more of the same it's just people getting killed how inventive can we kill this uh this group of counselors see that's why i hate saw it's a ripoff well God, saw movie. had some <laughs> social commentary to it that, <laughs> hate that well, movie. <laughs> you know what uh so speaking of social commentary uh i guess you could say friday the 13th had it too i mean it's it's uh punishing these camp counselors who were having premarital sex and doing drugs and all things mm-hmm. like that. So, you know what, though? I think we, we kind of glossed over probably the one of the most iconic, uh, and I'm sorry I keep throwing that word around, but when it comes to this guy, he is an icon in Hollywood. Um, one of the most iconic people. Who? Kevin Bacon. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> He was in Friday the 13th, you yeah. know, um, and th- there's a lot of Hollywood actors and actresses who got their start in, in horror. Kevin Bacon, this was one of his earlier movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Travolta, uh, there's a lot of lot of big-name people. But anyway, uh, this brings us... Sorry, got a little off topic. But this brings us back to Friday the 13th Part 3, uh, first appearance of the hockey mask and the, the big imposing Jason. Uh, this time he's played by Richard Brooker, uh, who is also really big. Here's my notes, buddy, right there, Richard Brooker. <laughs> Looking at me like I'm not, I'm cheating. <laughs> but no, he um, he was also really big and intimidating. He had kind of that more realistic body feel to it. Um, so when I looked at Jason, I felt like that could be my mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, to see that hockey mask uh, added to it, yeah, it's it's creepy. But what were your thoughts on three? Like you said, the hockey mask does make it kind of creepy, but I, when it comes down to it, I'm going to be a lot more afraid of somebody without a mask like that. There's a lot of holes on a hockey mask. Eh. But it did lead into what Jason is for the rest of the series, it led into what he's going to be. Uh, towards the end, there's actually a very important scene, I guess you could say, involving him and a big knife. Which one? Him taking it, I believe it was to, like, the shoulder around that area, and he's left to die. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he, he took some major damage in Part 3. Yeah. An axe to the head. A, a, Which a, actually stuck through the mask through quite a bit. Yes, and that's going to come up later on. I, I told you about this earlier. Yeah. Um, that I'd seen in one of the later movies. I don't quite understand. Um, but, yeah, that's... Uh, that's that's good points. You know, he takes some major damage. Even even when it heals, he it's, acts like it it didn't bother him or it didn't phase him. Yeah, which 
unfortunately, I'm now bashing my own theory, kind of leads me into the possibility that he is already this immortal being, that he could have died in the lake uh, before the first movie because he about loses an arm when he takes a machete through his shoulder, takes an axe to the face, and it goes through the mask into his skull, and he kind of stumbles back a little bit and pulls it out. Yeah, um, the next one too, in, in part four, there's there's a couple of uh, couple of parts um, where he takes the machete to the face and slides down the length of the machete, so that that leads to it as well. But um, we'll, we'll get to that one in a moment. Um, I agree that there's still something supernatural about him, but I don't think he's reached. Uh, a supernatural being just yet. I don't think he's a monster yet. I think that's coming later on, which, you know, I, I made Pretty notes. Soon. Yeah, I made notes about that. Um, but let's, you know what, let's just go ahead and jump right into four. Um, four was part four, the final chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, it picks up exactly where part three ended, and I believe it was the last film in the, the entire series to actually do that. So you could actually... If you want to displace these all together, cut out the end credits, go right to the the opening credits, they could play like one big long movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did kind of like that one. Uh, Jason in this one was played by by Ted White, um, and we we have something in common. We both don't like Corey Feldman. <laughs> so um, I firmly believe that Corey Feldman is. Uh, the Antichrist. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I can't stand him. I I didn't like pretty much anything he's ever done, um, including Breathe. Yeah, you know, uh, I I didn't like him in this movie. I thought he was an annoying little pissant. Um, <laughs> oh my God! I, and you know what? Ted White thought the same thing. In fact, he is quoted as saying, uh, "What was it? He's the meanest goddamn little kid," quote unquote. You know, he he hated this this kid as well. Um, so much so that he started to kind of fuck with Corey uh, through the filming of the movie and there's a scene where Jason bursts through uh, a window to grab um, uh, little Tommy and it sucks that the major character through like three of these movies Tommy Jarvis is played by friggin Corey Feldman but (laughs) busts through (laughs) and grabs uh, Tommy but um, Ted actually kind of screwed up his timing on purpose to fuck with Corey and busted through the glass and, and grabbed him and actually scared Corey Feldman to the point where he screams like a little bitch and it's real. <laughs> He's really afraid and scared when that happens. Fitting. So that was probably my favorite part of this whole movie besides the absolutely horrible dialogue throughout this movie. Um, as much as I like the Friday series, this one ranks right up as one of like the top three worst. Mm-hmm. Um, That's, do you remember yeah. much from this one? Somewhat. Uh, you and I actually share notes about a specific line. Oh, which which line I was did, that? Oh, no, he's stabbing me. <laughs> no. I, really? It's, it's, quote, oh, God, I got it written down, written down. Oh, God, he's stabbing me. He's stabbing me. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I, that scene when um, Tommy and his sister are going downstairs and that guy is down there with, with Jason and he's yelling up to her, run, oh God, he's stabbing me, he's stabbing me. <laughs> Come on. 
It's just, oh, oh Lord. god, oh god, he's stabbing me. But there is a very, um, I almost said iconic. I caught myself. I didn't say it I'm again. Proud of you. <laughs> but there Give is a very uh, major part um, to the storyline in this particular um, installment. Do you know what part that is? I believe so. Does it involve something along the lines of death yes. of a major character? Exactly. Oh god, that hurts so much. Who who died? Uh, Jason. Exactly. And no, well, the unfortunate part is uh, who killed him. Tommy. Yeah, Corey I, fucking I Feldman. I know. Corey, fucking Feldman. <laughs> um, but you know what? Uh, there's some other fun behind-the-scenes tidbits with that too. Uh, Corey didn't get along with the the director. Um, Seems to be an ongoing theme. Yeah, yeah. And Corey Feldman, when he was uh, filming that scene where he's chopping the shit out of Jason with a machete, uh, he's actually chopping sandbags, and he was saying. Um, in some interviews that through that whole thing where he's got that angry mug on his face that you just want to punch but he's got the angry <laughs> mug on his face and he's he's pounding the machete into the the sandbags the whole time he was thinking of the director so <laughs> that's a little murderous yeah i'm yeah. now scared yeah which kind of makes me wonder how did michael jackson die oh <laughs> oh well, let, let's just go ahead and, and jump over this. We'll leave that long pause in there. I'm not going to edit that out. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's let's use that as a jumping off point to, to go to part five. Thank God, moving on. Because <laughs> part four, although it, it does have a major major point to the story, uh, or a major part in the story for this, um, it's, again, just not, not very good. You know, um, Part five, we jump into, uh, starts with a dream sequence. Uh, it's it's an older Tommy Jarvis at this point in time. Uh, he's riding in the backseat of a car, and he's having the, the dream sequence of young Tommy, once again, played by fucking Corey Feldman. They got rid of him. It's okay. Yes, it's okay. yes. Um, <laughs> that scene, actually, by the way, of, of um, with Corey Feldman at the beginning, where he's uh, watching them dig up Jason, and he's in the middle of the rain and everything, that was actually filmed in his backyard. <clears throat> Yeah, they didn't really? go. To, yeah, they didn't go to a studio or anything to film that scene. It was just a hey, we need to film this real quick. They went out to to him. They filmed it in his backyard and <laughs> they went away. Um, but this that's right around the time older Tommy, where I don't have to look at at Corey Feldman, but the older Tommy, uh, I started to feel bad for him. You know, he's he's a troubled teen now. You know, he's he's got all these problems stemming from his encounter with Jason. Um, which Jason, this uh, episode is played by Tom Morgan. Uh, not a huge fan of, of this one. Um, there's a reason why, and it kind of hints at it in the opening title sequence. How is that? It's not actually Jason. Right, but how can you tell? It's got blue streaks. Yeah, exactly. They're so secretive. Right. Well, it's it not a lot of people is. pick it up. You know, it's you see it, and it's just a oh, he, they changed his mask. Not only that, if I remember correctly, I think the shapes were different as well. I think yes. Jason's original mask had three triangles, or it was like one red triangle somewhere. And I think it was on the, got, the forehead. This one has like stripes as opposed to. You know what? Let me just look at my Jason mask. Oh yeah, be that guy. Yeah, it's got the the red on the the forehead, and the one for uh, five the. Um, pseudo jason had them on the cheeks stripes on the cheeks yep yeah um i know my stuff (laughs) (laughs) 
I will say this is right around this time the deaths start getting a little more inventive. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen someone killed by a road flare. Hey. <laughs> just popped the road flare, jammed it in his mouth. Or was it his eye? I forget. It's been a couple of days since we've seen it. Yeah. It's been a, a while. But either way, a guy was killed by a road flare. Um, There's also seven other movies after this one. We have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, my only real complaint with this movie, other than fucking Corey Feldman. Um, Jesus. He was in like three scenes. You know what? I I want to teach. If any of our listeners can make T-shirts and you want to make me one of young Corey Feldman and just have it say Corey fucking Feldman, I'll wear it all the time. So, three <laughs> X by the way. I'm a fatty. Jesus, uh, <laughs> you're so mean towards yourself. Well, no, I can wear it too. But it's for I, comfort. I yeah, I like it to be baggy. But anyway, one of the, the things I hated about this movie the most is it has a very made-for-TV feel. I don't, I don't know if you know what I mean. It just didn't feel like a... Other than the, the kills were brutal and gory. I did, This felt like I could have been shown on Oxygen Network. It didn't... Dear God. <laughs> well, I mean, Lifetime, Hallmark. Even that, some of the, the gore was not there. And it, it turns out it was because this movie was sent to the MPAA. Uh, it was nine freaking mm-hmm. times. Because every time it got sent to the MPAA, they gave it an X rating, an X rating. And then to get it cut down to an R rating, this is what we're left with. You know, Lifetime Movie Network mystery. <laughs> um, it, it's it's not that great. But it through it all, it did provide us with one of my most memorable deaths in this entire series. Um, what was her name? Uh, Tina. She's laying on the ground. And she just had sex with uh, the guy, and he's off doing something behind a tree. Um, and <laughs> Jason sneaks up, and he gets a pair of hedge clippers and drives the hedge clippers down into her eyes and then closes, you know, uh, the hedge clippers chopping, like, the whole middle side of her head. I thought that that one has stuck with me, ooh, uh, close to 30 years, I think. That dead, well, no, a little... Maybe 25 oh. years. That that kill scene has stuck with me. Um, and shut up, I'm not old. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's that's the one of the the better ones for me. Now, uh, you mentioned something at the beginning of this that um, his blue on his on the mask kind of hints that it's not Jason. Who is it this time? It is actually Roy Burns. It was Joey's dad. Um, it said that beforehand there was a call to the police for this new troubled camp that there was a death on the campgrounds and Roy Burns was one of the responding officers when he gets out there he finds out that the death was his own child yeah um, Joey Joey was annoying as his piss Um, he's this this chunky kid you only see him for this scene Uh, he walks around carrying a chocolate bar in his hand and uh, he's got the the chocolate smeared on his mouth and obviously there's something wrong with the kid um but he He likes cake yeah lots of cake (laughs) cake and windex Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he's there's there's something not quite right with this kid he he goes up and he's talking with the girls and he's trying to help them out and he ends up smearing chocolate all over their their bed sheets and they freak out and they say oh it wasn't chocolate you know, <laughs> they send him off to somebody else. He goes and, and he's talking with uh, this other kid who's chopping wood. And um, 
just annoys him to the point where he chops the shit out of him with an axe. And, you know, Roy comes in and has to see his son uh, chopped a bit. You know, so that kind of, yeah, sends him over the edge. And from then on, he kind of picks up the mantle of Jason and um, tries to carry it on. Almost as if the mental break kind of turned him into a sympathizer. Yeah. He went from the person who would be hunting the killer to being the killer. Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, I'm sure that happens a lot in, in real life that we just don't, you know, we're not privy to. But um, so part five was was good and bad. I didn't like the made-for-TV feel. I didn't like the um, the fact that it wasn't Jason. I thought it was kind of a cop-out. Um but I did like the twist that it wasn't Jason. I did like the the story this time was a little more um, gruesome. Almost, it, you felt and more invested into it this time. This time I did care about the characters. You know, um, Tommy Jarvis because we we saw him from the last one to now. He's grown up a bit. He's dealing with his trouble with Jason, and now we've got this copycat that's following him around. So it yeah. turns into a continuation of the character. Kind of like you were saying, how you're more attached to the villain than you are the people of the movie. Jason is through all the movies, so you get that emotional attachment to him. Tommy, with 4, 5, and 6, he's through those movies, so you start to get that attachment to him because he's the common character that you see through them all. Yeah, exactly. Um, Now, speaking of 6, let's just go jump right into that one. Hey, Um, I'm good at these segues. (laughs) This is the, the second in a row that started up with Digging Up Jason. Um, this time he was dug up by Tommy Jarvis. <laughs> so I just want to say from here on out, Tommy, if you're listening, every bit of blood from here on out is on your hands. It's your fault. You fucked up. Way to throw the blame. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Him yeah. and his buddy go out. They dig him up. They, they're going to burn his bones for some reason. Uh, I think they've been watching too much Supernatural. But they're going to burn <laughs> and salt his bones and Jesus. get it all taken care of and, and hopefully end it. Even though he's already freaking dead. He's been dead since part four. It's and the curse. Right. They yeah. forgot the salt circle. That's where they fucked up. Exactly. Salt circle. But they, they dig him up there. He decides he's going to go friggin' ballistic and beat the crap out of him with a, a metal rod that he pulls off the, the graveyard fence. Comes over and stabs it into him. And when they're over getting, I, I think, getting the gas and everything ready, it gets struck by lightning. And that lightning brings Jason back. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's at this point, though, that I think Jason becomes a revenant. Now, those of you uh, that don't know or, or what, there's been a huge argument going online the past uh, few months, uh, almost a year, dealing with what Jason, what, what, what Jason is. Is he a zombie? Is he a deadite? Because this new theory stemming from, I guess, uh, somebody coming out and saying that because the Necronomicon is in part nine, the same Necronomicon from Evil Dead, that, oh, Jason must be a deadite. Um, in the the comic books, uh, Jason versus Freddy, this uh, it was um, Pamela Voorhees used the Necronomicon to bring Jason back to life. So that fed into the the rumor and all this other stuff. And um, for one, if you've watched Evil Dead, you know Freddy is more like a deadite than Jason. Mm-hmm. Jason and Michael Myers 
I would put in the category of Revenant. They are now a supernatural being returned from the dead with only one purpose, and that is to kill. And that's it. Um, so I think part six was pretty much the mark. Jason died in four, was brought back to life in part six, becomes a Revenant, and that sets the tone for Jason from here on out. Um, it also has probably one of the, the biggest scenes in my memory that I love and it's right after he gets hit with with the lightning and he comes back to life and you look down at this rotted half rotted uh, deformed body and the eyes open and it's a quick zoom in on the eyes and there's maggots and there's worms and they're just crawling all over and behind it all there's that perfect eyeball staring at back at you i love that scene that is such a, a haunting and memorable scene and i'm related to you what that that's not creepy well, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to know that's the scene out of everything i love it Only I, a little twisted well <laughs> the, the when we we talk a little more about this, I kind of had to grab onto something <laughs> because, to be honest, this is again one of the top three worst in my opinion. Um, this is, for God's sakes, he kills a guy by slamming him into a tree where there was a smiley face cut into the tree, and this guy's face just happens to land on the smiley face and paint it red. Yeah. No. Yes. No. <laughs> this crazy coincidence. This is bullshit i needed to grab this right here i could grow psychedelic shrooms out of that's how much this is bullshit okay <laughs> no if you guys haven't caught on i think he just hates tommy jarvis i'm taking that stab all three movies are the three he didn't like no 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 i liked uh five it had some redeeming factors except for fucking cory feldman but no no this this one that first of all all right, let's let's just dive right into the bad parts then, because if my liking the the creepy maggot and worm eyeball scene makes me weird, let's just really compare it to the rest of the film. Jason in this movie is played by two people, and we can tell periodically throughout the movie because the body shape and, and build changes, and when it zooms in on the eyes, it's two different colored friggin' eyes each time. He's a revenant. No. Supernatural no. being, he changed. No, he is still played by two different people. Uh, was it Dan Bradley and C.J. Graham are the two people that play Pseudonyms. <laughs> Alan Smithy. <laughs> These are the Alan Smithies of the Jason world. Um, but no, let, let's, all right, let's skip all of that. The the opening cinematic, or the opening uh, introduction credits, I can't even say this right. The opening credits... <laughs> It's a James Bond spoof. You're damn right. I'm proud of it. No. No. <laughs> how, how about the fact this had a fourth wall break? So did Deadpool. I yes. Like Deadpool. But Deadpool is supposed to have that. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to, I'm not supposed to have the graveyard attendant who's muttering under his breath look at me through the camera and go, that's strange entertainment. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. This. Oh. Oh. And probably the the piece de resistance about this particular movie. No nudity. This movie is so bad it made you foreign. Yeah, I'm not editing that pause out either. That's, <laughs> the, what is a major staple in Friday the 13th? It's the teenage kids having sex 
uh, premarital sex and everything. And there was no friggin' nudity in this movie. Really? Yes. I'm mad. I didn't have any titty and beer. Oh, God. I hate I... you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're fired. You're done. No, I'm kidding. Get back here. I still get the beer. <laughs> yeah. It yes. sounds like our pizza's here, so we may have to take a pause break and go eat some pizza and come pizza. back. But, no, seriously, this, this movie... That was probably the only cool part is is Jason in this movie. There, um, he's the the rotted maggots and in worm scene. The fact when he crawls out of the grave, um, uh, Tommy gives him his fucking mask back. He, he's he's got a weapon sticking out of him that he pulls out, and he's got now this giant metal spear. Just everything ab- about it was was really good at that part. And then after that, it, it just seemed to, to kind of go downhill. Uh, so downhill that it led to part seven. <laughs> so, um, this is the one you were most excited to, to be talking about. This one, I loved. I went through. I realized this is probably the mo- I mean, minus part eight, which is coming up. That uh, I give up halfway through. I stopped. Part seven is the most comical movie to me. There's weird lines um, <clears throat> in one of the scenes. This couple's sleeping in a van, and he's like, "But babe, they'll think we're sleeping." And she looks over, "Who said we're sleeping?" And then rolls on top of him. If my woman talked to me like that, instant turn off. That's weird. <laughs> and he punches through somebody's chest. He beats somebody to death with a, in a sleeping bag. The funniest movie out of all of them by far in my opinion and uh, like with uh the death by road flare this has death by a hand trumpet yes those little <sighs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah part seven uh new blood jason's once again uh played by kane hodder um and this time the uh the hero of the story is uh tina tina shepherd they, they seem to use this name a lot uh tina but yeah, she uh, had an abusive father um, who, I believe one of the opening scenes is uh, he hit her mother. She it's, witnesses mm-hmm. uh, that. She runs out of the house and gets in a rowboat and rows out in the middle of Crystal Lake. I, I don't get it. But uh, her father comes out and he's yelling at her from the dock that he's sorry. He didn't mean to. And, you know, please come back. And she, for some reason, flips out and... Um, wishes he was dead. Wish, yeah, I wish you were dead. And vibrates the uh, the dock to the point where it, it falls um, into the lake. Coincidentally, I believe it was on top of Jason. And he mm-hmm. just pulls the father down. And they never find the father. They also seem to never find Jason. Uh, whose body is floating down there? It, it's pretty deep. It's pretty. Deep. I'm I'm guessing. That's, yeah, right around right around uh, four or five feet from shore, it drops to about 145 feet deep. <laughs> but um, but yeah, part seven. Speaking of you know the look of Jason, I think part seven had the coolest looking Jason. You know, you had um, he's often referred to as Zombie Jason at this point. He's got the the bared bones in his hand. His ribs can be seen. Parts of his spine are, are poking out through the the jump uh, jumpsuit that he's wearing. Um, the decayed and broken mask. I mean, it, just everything about him this time shows um, a, a killer back from the dead. You know, this shows a reanimated corpse coming back. Um, no, I don't. 
we were talking before about zombie deadite or um or revenant i still think he's a revenant even though he's referred to as zombie jason by some people um funko for example when they make their little um jason figure that one right over there um they refer to it as zombie jason and it's it's he's not a zombie he's not out there um killing and eating he's not eating the brains he's not feasting and especially not even by the voodoo definition of it no if ends or buts a zombie <laughs> exactly sorry excuse me yeah i don't think zombie is fitting for this at all um same with deadite still not a deadite still just a revenant in my opinion um but this one was was great um this like you mentioned the uh sleeping bag scene favorite um, of all time I, <laughs> if i remember correctly um there was i believe three smacks uh when they pick up the um the sleeping bag and smack it against the tree originally it had three times he smacked it against the tree but uh editing i guess or not editing mpa8 said it was too much uh so they had to cut it back and it was cut back to one now Mm -hmm. do you think that really matters i mean does this have any more or less meaning when it's only one smack against the tree i think it has less meaning you're coming from somebody who's now officially revived from the dead this is the second movie where he's this for all intents and purposes, mindless killer. And he just swings once and moves on about his day. It's everything else. Uh, When you were talking about the first kill with the first Tina, stabs shears into her eyes and cuts her head in half. But it's too brutal to swing a body zipped up in a closed sleeping bag into a tree. Well, remember with that one, it was part five, I think. That one... um... If I'm, wait, you know what? Let me look at my notes here real quick. Um, because that was one of the ones that went back to... Uh, yeah, that was the one that went back to the MPAA nine times uh, to be edited down. And on top of that, that wasn't Jason that did that. Remember, that was uh, yeah. Roy. Um, Roy Burns. So, I, I, for me, personally, I don't think it really mattered too, too much. Um I, I would love the brutality mm-hmm. of the three smacks. I mean, I remember, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing it on VHS long, long time ago. Um, the three smacks and laughing my ass off. I thought it was hilarious. But it's also just as brutal with one. Because, I mean, he zips it up and drags her out. And in one quick swing breaks her you know, across the tree. And then that's it. You know, just drops it and moves on about his day. Mm-hmm. Well, well, drops it for now. Um, I think this is one of the ones where he starts going back and uh, posing his victims and <laughs> cleaning up after himself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, this... I, I, I could see both sides of that coin. I, I do understand knowing the brutality of Jason 3 would fit a little more. Uh, but one, I think, is just as brutal. I, I didn't mind it, to be honest. With that being said, I can see where you're coming from in that it's just the one swing. He's no longer thinking, oh, I've got to beat this person into a bloody pulp into the tree. It's one, crack, moves on about his day. Yeah, exactly. Um, we did see in this one, though, too, that Jason does kind of have a softer side, which I'm going to bring up when we talk about uh, Freddy versus Jason. Um because in this one, uh, he doesn't seem to go after any of the kids. Now, I don't know if that's because maybe he just sympathizes. You know, he he's still, like we talked about earlier, maybe that kid mentality. Or he understands that these kids are such young 
um, innocent children that they really don't, um, they, they're not sinners, I guess, like the others. Uh, there's no reason to, to go after them. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It, to me, it comes more across the lines of, like you were saying, with the mental capacity of being that child still. <clears throat> Excuse me. And also that his mother went on to the rampage because the camp counselors, who were adults, she felt that it was their fault that he died. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally made it out of the lake or God's all whatever, however he found his mother dying, um, it was still a teen, but not a child. It wasn't the little sibling of somebody. It was somebody who could be deemed as an adult at that time. They were going, they were part of this camp. It was a counselor. It was somebody who was going to be watching the children, the same person or the same type of person that for her belief caused his death. Okay. Now, um, kind of going another way with this, he, the whole reason he drowned was being chased and tormented by kids. So don't you think maybe he'd want a little bit of revenge against kids as well? You got a good point there. He snuck out because kids were teasing him about being unable to swim. Right. So, so I, 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 I don't know. I, with this one, it was a little confusing. I did like to see that he had a little bit of remorse and he wouldn't go after kids. I did Except like that. for nerdy virgins. I was going to say, but <laughs> even, you know, he kind of breaks horror etiquette uh, and kills the, the virgin nerd. So, I mean, nobody was really safe other than, than kids. Um, I did kind of like that, although I wouldn't mind seeing Jason. And I know you're going to look at me like... My God, you're a monster! But I, <laughs> I kind of wouldn't Don't. mind seeing Jason take out a child. Oh God, you're doing it! Why? <laughs> <laughs> because there there are certain things in horror movies that seem to be off limits. Kids are one of them, um, and there are very very few movies that delve into that. Exorcist had a possessed kid. Uh, d- Demons, one of my uh, favorite movies. I think it was Demons 2, uh, where they finally, they pull a kid out of the, um, I think it was behind the, uh, what what is that called? The air conditioner vent. Mm-hmm. Pull the kid out, and it, you don't really see what happens to him. But um, but things, brutal movies, like zombie movies and such, you really don't see anything happen to kids other than um, in Day of the Dead, uh, the remake. There was the zombie baby that was born, and they yeah. had to put it down. Well... Also, um, it not so much movie, this delves into the TV shows, but Walking Dead, as much as I don't really want to reference that one right now, no spoilers with that series, still too new. Don't get me started. Uh, uh, Penny, the governor's daughter, mm-hmm. um, Michonne actually killed Penny. Yeah. And it was somewhat visible, but it wasn't the big, brutal, oh, she just got dismembered on camera. It was still child we can't really show it we can show the fact that she was killed but that's all we get but see that that kind of goes with uh what i was saying at that point it's it ceases to be a child and it's a monster it's a creature mm-hmm. um the same thing with the baby that was in uh was it 98 no it wasn't that long ago was it 2004's day of the dead anyway the, the remake for day of the dead yeah it was like 2004 2007 i believe um it wasn't really... I mean, granted, it wasn't even an animatronic kid, but um, at that point, it's not a child. It's, it's a creature. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to see 
a no holds barred uh, horror movie where nothing is really off limits. And there is one out there. Uh, have you seen Serbian film yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that is quite sickening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, we're getting off track here. Uh, back to back now that to Friday. I'm traumatized again. Yeah, yeah, I I feel kind of dirty now. <laughs> <laughs> but but getting back to, to Friday the Thirteenth, this one also had sort of a, a milestone that we hadn't really seen too much before, and that was Jason without his uh, mask. This one, I mean, we've seen him before, quick glimpses or or whatever. But I think he had the uh, highest amount of screen time without a mask in Part Seven. It, it was the entire chase through the cabin when Tina and I drew total blank on her new boyfriend's name that she knew for a day and a half. <laughs> um, when they're running through the house trying to escape from him, uh, they actually end up, if I remember correctly, she ties him up with her super kinetic magic powers, ties him up by one of the wires in the house, and he loses the mask. Mm-hmm. And from then on, when he breaks free from that, when he's falling through the stairs, when they're running through the house, when he breaks through the bottom of the stairs because he fell through, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing that we really didn't touch on. The the hero in this uh, installment had telekinesis, and we never really learned why or how she has telekinesis. I mean, we we see in the beginning she uses it to break the. Um, uh, dock that her father is on mm-hmm. she uses it to accidentally bring Jason or break Jason free um, she uses it to, to fight Jason so there are there's a lot of times where she uses it and we find that it's in moments of high um, emotion but we never really learn how she got it why she has these powers not that I remember anyway do you remember anything like that uh, no it the doctor uh, Nick or something along those lines was trying to stress her out and link it to the fact that it was because of her father's death but as you see in the beginning she used those powers to cause her father's death yeah. so it had nothing to do with the that traumatic event she already had these powers and that's the only hinting it really shows yeah I gotcha well let's uh Let's go ahead and skip to the next one then. Um, part uh, eight. Um, there's really only two things I liked about this movie. Uh, that was Kane Hodder as Jason again. And the end credits? <laughs> and the soundtrack. I thought this. <laughs> I come from a time 80s hair metal, so this was yeah. this had a great soundtrack to it. And it's walking through New York, which that's that's another thing. This movie is. Uh, Jason takes Manhattan, and um, I think this was the worst thing they could have ever done, leaving the the Crystal Lake area. So uh, mm-hmm. this one, uh, all right, you got to answer me something here. Oh God, we've seen the evolution of Jason's mask mm-hmm. through this this whole thing. This one starts. There is. I'm going to say they were, it's a teen couple on a houseboat. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy gets out. He throws anchor over, uh, drops anchor, and he gets caught on this uh, power line underwater. And it's tugging at the power line. And eventually it, it breaks the power line and brings Jason back to life. 
shocks him with electricity yet again brings jason back he then gets on uh on the boat but before he even gets on the boat this kid is telling a story to his girlfriend about jason Voorhees. he doesn't like being here but he'll stay here long enough to you know dip his wick in this chick but (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't he doesn't want to be here he knows the story of jason um tells her all of this and then she's he goes out to find out what's causing the the power outage she thinks it's taking a little long gets up to go investigate and see what's happening and he jumps out wearing a hockey mask and carrying a knife and it's a retractable blade knife so when he you know stabs at her the blade goes into the handle but she throws her head back like she's really been stabbed and says, ah and then realizes that it's a fake knife he pulls the mask off he's laughing haha oh great time is had by all so they go you know bump uglies um (laughs) but that mask is an exact replica of the mask he was wearing in part three the axe mark uh in the the head everything so much so that i want to know if it's the actual mask and why and how does he have it magic i hate you uh, oh, <laughs> what? No, it's I, that just it bugs the piss out of me. Why? Why does he have this mask? And if it's not the actual mask, are they just selling replicas now? Yes. And who is selling replicas of it besides the Neko one that I have that you guys probably saw in the picture on Twitter? But besides, the, <laughs> I mean, come on, hmm. <laughs> that does, it doesn't make sense in this movie universe that he's got this this mask. So that that's a bugging uh, part of my imagination. I hate you. God, I hate you. <laughs> we get a, we get a great example in this one though of Jason um, posing as corpses and cleaning up after himself. He, if nothing else, he's a tidy cleaner. You know. Yeah, he. I've noticed, like you said, everything. There's no blood stain. Mm-hmm. There's no blood drip. There's no mess thereafter. Right. He picks the body, completely moves them from wherever he has them to different locations even. And it's always nice and tidy and packed somewhere. It, I forgot to ask this with the last question, but it's with the last installment, but it's still relevant with this one. He always seems to have a weapon of some sort. And it's understandable. He's got his trusty machete. In earlier versions, when he was still human, he had a sort of utility belt where he had like a pocket knife and an axe and all kinds of other stuff. Um, in part seven, he was a landscaper. Yes, he had <laughs> he had that buzzsaw weed whacker thing that came out of nowhere. I'm beginning to think he's also part Highlander, and these, these weapons just kind of materialized from somewhere. But you, you see that a lot with this one as well. They they kind of, every so often, a weapon of opportunity just appears. It's New York. Yeah. It's- well, even before they get to New York, I mean, he kills one chick with a, a guitar. That's really cool. She's filming her yes. own music videos, you know, all over the ship. And he just decides to take an Ram axe to her. Ha! Ah, you see what I did there? All right. I, I hate you. Uh. Well, it, you've, you've seen eight recently. Unfortunately. Tell me about it. What did you like? What did you dislike? Again, I liked the end credits. It Well, actually, I didn't even make it all the way to the end credits. You should have. It was a great song for the end credits. I. It's okay. I can look it up. Um, oh, you want me to play it for you now? Yeah, it, yo, totally. Totally. All right, keep yeah, going. Yeah, keep talking. Yeah, great. Thanks. I can now reminisce about this 
monstrosity. <laughs> um, I will admit, I kind of liked the... We're getting into more of the alternative punk. We're not the little goody-good kids that have been through every other series. Mm-hmm. Where, oh, we go to camp every week. It's a bunch of douchebag teenagers on a boat from high school. And well, we've got the alternative out like outlandish outsider metal girl and we've got in the beginning the one goofy guy that's just trying to sleep with his girlfriend even though she wasn't worth it mm-hmm. and it added diversity and I'm grasping at straws here it's about all I got <laughs> <laughs> um oh here's the end credits <clears throat> I think it's great. Yeah, because it marked the end of the movie. <laughs> ah, the sweet sound of release. We're free. <laughs> no, this I, this I think is probably my number three of top three worst. Um, and it has nothing to do with... I can't have anything to do with Corey Feldman. Corey, oh yeah. Corey <laughs> fucking Feldman. But <laughs> seriously, guys, make that t-shirt. Uh, send it to me. I... Hit me up in private message. I'll give you my address. You can send me that shirt. But but no, seriously, it, everything about this movie was bad. Uh, other than the music and Jason. I mean, Kane Hodder is by far the best Jason. Um, I the, liked that some of the kills were pretty inventive. Yes. The um, uh, the the melting the guy and the, the uh, toxic waste. And at the end, Jason getting hit with the toxic waste. Now, why... He gets hit with toxic waste and turns into a, a child. I don't quite understand. Um, oh, oh, his teleportation in this one. I almost I made notes of it and I almost forgot to mention it. Um, this I think is the first time we actually get a, a real example of him being able to quote unquote teleport. Uh, we always wondered. We see people running away and tripping and falling and uh, getting up and running further. And then they hide, and somehow Jason's right there, right there on top of him. And mm-hmm. it's kind of rumored that he could teleport. If mm-hmm. you play the Friday the 13th game, you can. You can zoom uh, teleport into you know wherever the, the person's going. Um, but in this movie, we get that as well. It's a, it's a scene with uh, Charles. He's running away uh, from Jason. It, this big thing happened, uh, big confrontation. Uh, Charles is running away through the alleys of New York, and he looks behind him, and Jason's not there. So he thinks he's he's kind of safe, and we get this one camera angle where we watch uh, Charles run into a building, through a door, and then the camera stays there. Um, and the ca- it's it's just an open door that happens to be there, and it's it's feels like a couple of minutes. It's probably only about you know ten seconds, but um, it. Uh, he, next thing you know, Charles is being thrown out the window. And out comes Charles, second floor, crashing down to the, the ground. And there's Jason standing up there. We never once had the camera break away and, you know, show uh, Charles inside the building. We never see Jason enter the building. Jason's nowhere to be seen before they even get to the building. So that kind of leads me to think, you know, here's Jason's teleportability. He can kind of zero in on you and teleport right to where you're at. So I think we, we get an example of it in this movie, and I thought that was kind of cool. Um, the only thing, though, speaking of Jason, that 
<clears throat> kills it for me. Besides the rest of the movie, um, <laughs> he <laughs> this doesn't seem to have the normal Jason mentality, and I, that's the only thing I'm kind of looking for is some stability in Jason throughout all of this this series, and we just don't get it. Um, he uh, any other time you put a, a camp full of adults out there, and Jason's gonna kill the entire camp. But for some reason, once they hit Manhattan, you put him in a locked subway car with 15, 20 other people, and he's zeroing in on that one kid that was on the boat. He doesn't give a rat's ass about these other people. It's the New York state of mind. Really? (laughs) He, Jason, would normally wipe these motherfuckers out in a New York minute. We're gonna throw New York puns out. Let's there just keep go. doing it. Much better. <laughs> but no, seriously. I mean, he—you had a train full of people. You've got—he's walking through the streets of, of New York. There are people everywhere. This is one of the most populated cities in the in the the country, and he's after only these like five or six kids that were on the boat that he didn't get a chance to kill on the boat. Arg. Right. I it, want your boat. It doesn't make sense. And speaking of not making sense, how the hell is he always wet in this movie? <laughs> he's been he's been uh, on the boat. He gets off the boat. All right, yeah, granted, I think he's in the water when he's when they get to shore. Uh, that, that might explain a bit. But he gets out of there, and you're telling me for the whole time that he's in New York, he hasn't dried off? The humidity's not that bad up here. I mean, we live in Florida. <laughs> we practically swim to our cars through the humidity. <laughs> so this, no, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, but thankfully, you know, we're we don't have to. <laughs> it just the movie ends. Thankfully, yeah, uh, with him becoming a child due to toxic waste. Uh, I'm trying to even think: is there social commentary to this one? Could there be social commentary to this one? I don't see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got nothing. I, I got nothing. Well, neither did the producers when they made the next installment either. But they made Jason Goes to Hell. Hey, that one was cool. His heart possessed people. Yeah. Was it really his heart? Or was it just the spirit that was in the heart? And when that guy ate it, he got possessed and then the spirit could jump from there. It was supposedly the heartbeat that pulled him towards it. And I don't know. Well, it, technically, I guess you could say... I, it was something about his still-beating heart. Mm-hmm. Even though he was in the morgue, his heart was still beating. It drew the weird creepy cop dude over to it, gave him some weird vibes, and... Well, no, it was the doctor that, that ate the, the heart first in this one. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, I forget his name. But yeah, it, um, this one has a strange opening. Uh, let's let's go all the way back to the beginning of this one. Uh, we see a girl by herself uh, in the water. I think it's normal. I think that's where this one starts. But anyway, she she gets uh, she's heading towards the cabin. She's got a baseball hat on. No, that's right. She's she's changing a light bulb or something. <laughs> and she's in this <laughs> cabin. And um, at one point, she goes to the bathroom and she takes her baseball hat off and out falls this long beautiful dark hair she's naked it's gorgeous i love it and then of course in comes jason uh starts chasing her and 
she's running through the woods wrapped in a towel and you're thinking all right this is we're back to jason at the camp hunting down people killing him this is fan friggin tastic and best of all no cory fucking feldman but they <laughs> chasing this girl um and then suddenly she runs to this like clearing does this diving ninja somersault over these boxes and hides jason comes out they hit him with these these bright lights swat members are jumping out of the trees coming out from behind these these boulders and uh repelling from helicopters and fucking nuclear missiles are coming in and sh- i don't i don't remember exactly but <laughs> there's this giant swat team comes out and just lays waste to him and blows the piss out of him and kills him why did it take so long not for that scene but i mean in general for that scene to happen yes we we are now in the ninth movie which i'm assuming let's say a year per movie we're looking at almost 10 years this guy has been on a murdering rampage from crystal lake in new jersey to new york and nobody has thought to put together a special ops team to hunt him down no Really? <laughs> we're just we're just gonna go with no. You're gonna, Did they? You're gonna smirk at me and shake your head like Yes. No. Yes I am. Oh god. It took way too many movies to organize a SWAT like strike. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> if nothing alright, let's let's say it's a local community and there's not a, a big police force. I mean I think we saw the entire police force in one of the earlier films and it was what, three people? About so, I mean, Okay, let, let's take that into consideration but when you've got a killer that's wreaking havoc in your town for the last 10 years and you're racking up a higher body count than population than population then at some point the fbi steps in i'm guessing i guess it takes almost 10 years yeah about about. okay (laughs) well let's let's talk about the good things about jason goes to hell and just like that we're moving on to jason x No, Jason Jason 9, Jason Goes to Hell, does have some pretty cool aspects to it. Unfortunately, one of them lead, lends to the Deadite uh, theory with the Necronomicon being seen in, in the movie. Um, and the uh, the dagger as well, which if you watch Ash vs. Evil Dead, you'll, you'll see that one. But um, my favorite part is, once again, Jason. He's played by Kane Hodder, yet again. Um he just gets bigger and bulkier and more menacing as the movies go on i really enjoyed it um i have a feeling you looked this up beforehand though but kane hodder actually played three different parts in this movie one of them being jason what are the other two you looked it up didn't you pain in my ass i only know one of them okay <laughs> so i know he plays jason mm-hmm. plays the security guard guy yeah and does he play the doctor no shit <laughs> I'll I'll give you a hint. It's uh, another horror movie icon. Candyman. No, I, I don't know. We well, for one, he's got the wrong pigment pigmentation to be playing Candyman. <laughs> Shh. He spent a lot of time in the sun beforehand. Before he be, wait. No, this doesn't make sense anymore. Focus, focus. <laughs> you want you want me to just tell you? Yes. Who? Freddy. What? <laughs> at the end of the movie when uh, Freddy's claw comes up and grabs his mask and pulls it down that's Kane Hodder's hand that pulls it down really <laughs> yeah. so there's there's a lot of um, a lot Kane of Kane Hodder as hand exactly <laughs> um, 
besides the overwhelming horrible plot that thankfully we don't ever go back to we never get that body jumping jason again my biggest complaint is the amount of uh movie the amount of this movie that's filmed in slow-mo i was going to complain about the amount of movie too (laughs) well that's that's the funny thing is if they they made this they took all the slow motion parts and made it actual full speed this probably would have only been about 38 minutes long and thus a bearable movie but (laughs) but no no they they have way too much of it in slow motion i was not a fan whatsoever um was there anything about it that you liked not at all no i i kind of in my very childish stupor at one point liked the body jumping like Mm -hmm. Ooh, yay! This is cool. It's new people, and it's it's kind of dumb. Yeah, it, it's weird. It adds this odd voodoo feel to it that it shouldn't have. I, what What about the townsfolk? They they seem to kind of accept Jason at this point in time. There's the the woman that's making Jason hockey mask uh, hamburgers and stuff. Didn't you think that was a little strange? I, you know what? This is how we know that they do sell replica masks, and that's how we got the mask. We have answered the question to the part in uh, part eight where he walks out. He's got the mask. This chick's making cup where burgers or cupcakes or whatever. He's become a part of this community. You're fired. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, you know what? See? Oh, uh uh-huh. Kudos to you. Kudos to you. I I didn't even put that together. That's, that's, all right. Yeah, yeah. (sighs) Moving on. (laughs) I don't want to spend too much time on Jason Goes to Hell, because frankly, I wish the director would just fucking go to hell. But, um, (laughs) him and and Corey Feldman, him and Corey Feldman could, uh, play checkers or something i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but jason jason x um brings us to a whole new territory not new it's the 90s it's space yeah Yeah. i mean we got hellraiser 4 taking place in space we've got leprechaun 4 taking place in space we've got jason x taking place in space the i'm surprised freddy hasn't gone to space give it time he's gone to cyberspace Somebody's going to dream in space. It's going to happen. No, well, if they do, it's not going to be Robert England, though. He said he's not picking up the mantle of Freddy anymore. It's too, too taxing on his body. Well, yeah, he's like 112 now. That'll happen. <laughs> but what I liked about this one, there's a couple of things. One, we, we get a more traditional Jason again. He's back to being that stalker that hunts and kills his prey, you know, slowly walking step by step. Once again... Who plays Jason? Kane Hodder. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> I think he's fantastic. He is man Jason. crush. No, just, no, just no, say no. It. He's actually a very ugly man. <laughs> 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 no, Kane. If you ever hear this, I'm just kidding. Please don't kill me. Um, <laughs> but I, I've seen I've seen a lot of movies with Kane in it. Um, uh, what was that one that he did? Oh, he was a werewolf. I think. It was, Dark Wolf, I think was the name of it. They're, they they kind of make this uh, werewolf out of parts, and they skin graft this metal skin to him, making him like the next to him. It's horrible. What the hell? I'll look it up, and I'll make you watch it. No. Yeah. No, I I'm busy that day. No, you're not. Damn I didn't even it. tell you what day it was. <laughs> Damn. How's Thursday? Uh oh wow. 
funny story. Uh, my clothes are in the stove that day. I gotta get them out. That's fine. That's fine. Because I was playing Friday anyway. Good to know. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> we're looking at uh, this one. It takes place about 450 years in the future. Um, and then for some reason, they dig Jason up and they bring him back to life. Like, for example, Part 9 didn't exist. Because at the end of Part 9, I mean, he's destroyed. He's, he's obliterated. Blown yeah. up. Literally. Yeah. Pieces. Piece, and someone ate his heart and all this other junk. So, yeah, he, I, Part 9 didn't exist. and You could almost look at these as each being um, their own individual installment. You could watch Part 9 on its own. You could watch Part, you know, X on its own. and uh, So that, that can be kind of good, kind of bad. But, um... I'm wondering, what brought Jason back to life? Don't think too hard. Lack of idea in Hollywood? I think it was the fact that everybody on the space station, except for one person, was having sex. Somebody had a watch on the cameras. And, well, no, she wasn't watching on the cameras. She was studying. That She's you the know hot of. nerd girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, she was definitely, I think, the hottest one in this movie. That's normally how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, much, much hotter than Lori, which we'll get to later on. But um, yeah, she was she was definitely the most attractive one in this movie, and she had probably the coolest death in any of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yes, I but, love this one. This is actually next to the sleeping bag. Don't get me wrong, that is fantastic. You can swing a couple more times, which he does later on after this. The f- liquid nitrogen scene yeah tell us about it probably the most brutal scene i've actually seen where you actually watch somebody's body part get obliterated grabs her by the hair i think he bashes her into the counter once to kind of disorient her shoves her face into a vat of liquid nitrogen you hear her skin start to crack as it freezes and then you literally hear her face crack because he smashes it on a counter i liked uh where you she's screaming and he dips her into the the liquid nitrogen and it's like ah or you can just hear everything freeze up and become solid mm-hmm. that was probably the coolest death scene i've seen in any of them we're not morbid we promise <laughs> but it's funny that you mentioned the the sleeping bag scene because we get a nice little throwback yes. to that um when they throw jason into this uh, sort of holodeck simulation mm-hmm. trying to hide from him they send him back to Crystal Lake, and it's, it's two women. Oh, you, you want to smoke some pot or have premarital sex? <laughs> <laughs> it's so corny and horrible. It's great. They're playing homage to the fact that '80s actors were horrible. Oh God, yeah, yeah, the but worst. It, it was great when he beats one with the other in a sleeping bag. I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> The comedy balanced out very well with this one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to ask you another important question. Yes. Oh, God. Well, Devil Bunny, for example. Uh-huh. Um, Aliens, to her, is a sci-fi movie. Because it takes place in space. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our producer, once again. Um, Shout out. So, is this sci-fi or is this horror? I believe in a perfect world where it can be both, mm-hmm. but primarily I'm considering this a horror movie. Okay. It's now gotten into, as she would say, the argument was that it was a monster, had to make it horror. Mm-hmm. Wasn't some weird, like, otherworldly being, because that's still a being of its own world. 
this had to be s- demonic, horrid, mutated creature. Now, do you, at this point, do you think that oh. demons and possession are only exclusive to our world? And if so, wouldn't that be a creature of our world? But it's a creature. It's not an average inhabitant. Well, an alien is just a creature. Of its own planet. Well, Jason is a creature of our own planet. Minus the fact that he's from <laughs> hell. <laughs> um, no, revenants aren't exclusively from hell. It is other planet or <laughs> planetary. It's from a different plane. Shut up. Intergalactic it, planetary? It's it's horror. <laughs> Leave me alone. Creature, well, other being, horrid, mass murderer, horror. <laughs> Done. Yeah, probably the best uh, best thing to happen to Jason, though, um, comes from this movie. Uh, the cyborg beats the hell out of him, um, cuts off his leg, and, and all this other stuff. I mean, there he is just left in a pile of ruins. The only problem is he's left in a pile of Ruben, ruins on this platform. A pile of Rubens. <laughs> oh, Rubens are so good with it. A little bit of sauerkraut, though. I don't like a lot of sauerkraut. Stop it. We're getting off track. <laughs> we just had pizza, man. <laughs> but uh, Oh, yeah. By the way, guys, when we were talking about taking a break and going and eating some pizza, we, we, we did. did. Yeah, I had a <laughs> few slices of pizza and Guinness, and you had a couple of pieces of pizza. and Breadsticks. Nothing to drink. Wait, you didn't have anything to drink. Yeah, it was good. Weirdo. Shut up. But <laughs> it has sauce. Anyway, guys. Um... He's left in a pile of ruins on top of this platform that is designed to fix anything that's wrong with you. <laughs> so, next thing you know, we've got Uber Jason. <laughs> Uber Jason. <laughs> Uber Jason. That's what he's called. He's Uber Jason. And he's got the metallic... I don't know why it knew to make a metal mask for him, but it made a metal mask for him. He's got Magic. a cybernetic arm. Um, shut up with that magic crowd. <laughs> Imagination. <sighs> You're the next T-shirt. I'm telling you. But, <laughs> but uh, no, we we get uh, cybernetic Jason, cyber uh, cyborg leg, cyborg arm, and even his machete. I keep going to say machete. Uh, gets an upgrade, and it's sleek and, and angled, and it's got these giant holes cut into it so for less resistance. I mean, it, he gets a massive upgrade, and he just wreaks havoc from there on. You bear, Jason. Um, but we got to... It's a little confusing, because now, any if another Friday the 13th comes out for this installment... He now has to be cybernetic? No, no, it, it's because most likely they'll go back to modern day, so it's going to be a prequel to this one. It's now Jason 9.1. <laughs> oh, no, Jason comes back from hell. Uh, oh, God, <laughs> don't put that idea out yeah. there, please. That's copyrighted, guys. You no longer have use to that. You cannot longer make that. <laughs> <laughs> but this does lead us into more modern Friday the 13th and uh, some Freddy mixes. Did you have anything else you wanted to add for Jason X? Or? No. I mean, it played homage to my favorite scene. Rep the sleeping bag. Woohoo. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, it was just another Jason movie, really. Yeah. It had some newer kills. It was kind of intricate. Um, some backstory and kind of like fan theories to it were pretty cool. Uh, there was one about 
how Jason got into this fight with somebody and this person finally overpowered him and actually got to hold him down and blasted him into space so that the world was finally free of this monstrosity that had been wreaking havoc on the northeastern United States and just so happened to 450 years later smash him into a spaceship and there we go but you know he did crash at the end of um jason x into another planet another earth-like planet mm-hmm. do you think he survived probably i'm wondering if the metal would survive but all the biological parts would melt away which would include like his brain and the red he would only be one arm one leg and a mask about all he is left anyway (laughs) you have to remember jason nine he was blown apart Mm -hmm. they literally caused him to detonate at some point yeah and they dug him up what did what did they dig up the slush no it was his full body and he was actually pretty cool looking in the brown jacket all ratty and you know yeah i don't know it my well, vote is that he's actually related to Wolverine. It could be. He could be uh, Weapon X, or no, Weapon 1. His Weapon X, yeah. Yeah, see? See? We figured it out. <laughs> Damn you, X-Men. All right, well, this led us to Freddy versus Jason. For the longest time, most of us horror fans, we wanted Freddy versus Jason and Michael Myers. We... Uh, we wanted to see these iconic characters fight each other. And we all had theories as to who was going to win, why this person was going to be the winner. Um, oh, Jason's going to beat Freddy. He's just so much more stronger. Freddy's going to beat Jason because he's faster and he, he's funnier. Yeah. There was all these reasons as to how and why. But let me start by asking you this. Is Freddy versus Jason... A Nightmare on Elm Street movie or a Friday the 13th movie, in mm. your opinion? We were actually talking about this earlier, and I'm kind of torn down the middle. Mm-hmm. You had brought up the, it opens up, the movie's called Freddy versus Jason. And 90% of the time, the first name is whoever the series belongs to, or mm-hmm. this installment belongs to. But I feel like it was more so just blending the two stories. Not so much trying to be, okay, it's part of this story, but there's a crossover from another timeline or another universe, or it belongs to the Jason one instead. I think it was just melding or showing that they're the same universe, just Mm -hmm. different parts. For me, yeah, I, I kind of agree. And like I said, you mentioned it, Freddy's name is first. Um, But even... Even when it starts, it starts with a Nightmare on Elm Street recap. Mm-hmm. What happened to the kids on Elm Street? Why? Uh, what happened to Freddy? It doesn't really lead too much into Jason. Which, in a sense, could possibly lead it to being the Friday the 13th installment. It's gone through. This is now considered the 11th movie in this series. If you've watched up to this point, you already know the story of Jason. You don't yeah. need to know the story of Fred or... Um, you don't need to n- figure it out. You have to know what happened with Freddy and why he's suddenly in this movie. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there is another uh, major part that um, I think helps lend it to 
being a, a Nightmare on Elm Street uh, part, though, and that is the the opening music. I mean, it starts with. And we all know that to be Freddy. You know, I mean, that that's what lends me to believe that this is really just a, a Nightmare on Elm Street installment that they crossed over with a Friday the 13th installment. Either way, it was great. We got two of the most iconic characters on, on screen together. Um, and it's, it's, in my personal opinion, it's awesome to see those two, con- con- those two characters battle it out. Uh, this time, though, uh, of course... Freddie, played by Robert England, still. That's fantastic. And Jason is played by Ken Kurzinger. Um, which he was he was good. He was probably one of the better ones. Um, he's probably my third favorite. Kane being first, uh, and then uh, which we'll get to my, my second favorite, and then him being being the third. Um, but who do you think is the winner in this one? I want to say Freddy to yeah. an extent. How so? From what I can remember. Now, note, disclaimer, I have actually not watched Freddy vs. Jason in a little while. Okay. I touched up, I watched a couple scenes just kind of trying to refresh myself <laughs> as the, oh shit, we're going to talk about it. Oh my god, okay, I think I know this movie. I got this. But I do remember... They're fighting in what was like a warehouse or like a factory or something. Are you talking about the scene where he's uh, flinging the uh, the gas canisters at him? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was and like a the, construction field outside. Like the storage canister or whatever the hell it was drops on Jason. Mm-hmm. Freddy's got that other world, like other realm aspect to it. It's now granted Jason rendered immortal. He blows up, gets blasted into space, does this, does that. His heart's eaten, and he still gets up and goes, uh, no, that's mine. You almost cannot kill him now. There's no actual way to destroy him, at least to this day. Right. But Freddy also has a sense of immortality. Granted, if he's ripped into the real world and he's out of the dream realm, he's mortal. You can kill him, whatever. It's happened a few times, I believe. But they're fighting in his realm. All right, I I think I'm thinking of a different fighting uh, or a different fight scene. That one I think was more, um, yeah, that was in in Freddy's dream world in that one, which was after they uh, they infiltrate the 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 oh god the asylum. Mm-hmm. And they get the, the sleeping medication that, that Freddy injects into him, uh, which I don't understand. I don't remember how Freddy takes possession of the kid to inject Jason. But anyway, yeah, they, they knock Jason out, so he goes into the dream world, which I don't understand how a Revenant would have a same dream world as a, as a human. But Do um, I have to say it? Don't you freaking dare. Do I have to say it? So anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there, there's I could see that. What makes me wonder, and maybe they're still in the dream world, is at the very end, Jason, Jason doesn't deliver the death blow, but Jason's walking out of the water. Which remember this, Jason is walking 
out of the water calmly. I'm going to touch back on this. But he's walking out of the water and he's carrying Freddy's uh, severed head. And then his head kind of looks at the camera and winks and goes back to its mouth agape like he's still dead kind of look. Um, To me, I think Jason won. But I'm, I'm a Jason fan. Yeah, I... I grew up around both of them. You, not, I don't want to say forced, but it was a, hey, we're going to watch a movie. Oh, by the way, it's this movie again. <laughs> and. Like I said again. <laughs> Jason's got upteen movies. Freddy's got upteen movies. You can watch them all, and they're all a binge day. Yeah. So I was raised around them. I got both sides. I didn't get this one, and then that made me go and watch the other. We're watching this one. Okay, now we're watching this one. Okay, and it's what I grew up with. I don't really have a preference. I saw both sides. They do delve into Freddy's world, and like you said, the one of the final scenes, Freddy looks at the camera and winks. Mm-hmm. If he's dead, he's not going to wink. Right. But that's just me. Maybe they're still in Freddy's dream world, too. Maybe yeah. they never really got out. That was part of, of Freddy's triumphant... Uh, Victory is he's got all the, the kids and Jason and everybody locked in his dream world. Uh, I don't know. A lot of these seem to be open for interpretation. But one of the, I can't understand though what made Jason want to leave the park or leave the the camp and go to Elm Street. I mean, they his actually, it's reference. It's um, Freddy masquerading as Pamela. Yeah, I was. I, Actually, I got that. Just looking through for that, I was about to talk about that. <laughs> I I got that. He that well. That's in my notes. Here's my notes. Uh, where is it? Why is Jason going to Elm Street? Because his mother's ghost said so. I mean, yep. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, I I don't get. I mean, I understand the the Pamela Voorhees character, also not played by the same woman, but the Pamela Voorhees character, you know, telling him you know jason these kids need to be punished and him going after it i mean for for christ's sakes the is kill 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 mama so i mean it's um it even his theme song is based off his mother telling him to kill so i mean that that's understandable um but i just i couldn't see jason leaving uh, the camp to go do this even though we saw him do it in part eight and again in part nine and again in part ten i just don't see that happening <laughs> so uh, not for no reason uh, in like in eight he got dragged he got drug away yeah it wasn't so much he just up and was like oh that looks like a fun boat and hopped on it he got pulled away yeah in part nine i believe he's still there it's not so much that he left like the outskirts, yeah. In 10, he, again, is dug up. Yeah. He's pulled out, and he's forced somewhere else. I, I Yeah, I understand that. So I just, I don't... This is the first one where it's literally for no reason. He just suddenly, whether or not his mom goes, oh, go kill those kids that have nothing to do with the town you're from or your events in life. Yeah. And punish them. And that's that's what bugs me about it. I just don't see him doing it. Even though there was some, some very inventive death scenes, mm-hmm. um, one of my, what I think is one of the coolest, is flaming Jason walking through the, <laughs> the cornfield 
Um, then that kid goes running into the rave to let everyone know, oh my god, there's, there's this killer back there. And this flaming machete comes flying out of the cornfield and flies right through him. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, but this movie also kind of went way over the top in some things where suddenly we're Asian cinema and somebody gets hit with... Uh, uh, a machete and it's this blood they for 30 minutes yeah it's so um, uh, there were little things about this movie too like i i definitely get a uh, nightmare on elm street feel you know this definitely could be a nightmare on elm street um installment with jason kind of rolled into it um the little heads on the the wanted poster all the missing kids when uh laurie goes walking by and all the little heads follow her you know that that screams nightmare and you scream something else for you it's induction it's the wizarding world leave it alone it's harry potter <sighs> magic oh. see i told you it's all magic do you believe me now i would like the record to show that he drove me to homicide <laughs> but what from the sound of it it didn't take much work yeah they'll, they'll get this this will be my my defense but <laughs> <laughs> no what about halfway through this movie though it starts off fantastic we got Freddy waking Jason up we've got you know the the it back into the dream world we've got an absolutely adorable uh, lead character uh, Monica Kina plays Lori um, this is the cutest I've ever seen her. I told you earlier, she she looks like a crack whore who's been rode hard and put up wet in every other film she's ever done. But in this one, she's so cute and adorable. I just want to cuddle her. But with or without the crack pipe? Meh. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, this also has one of my favorite kills. I mean, you've got the sleeping bags. You've got the frozen uh, face bash on the counter. Uh, was it Kelly Rowland, the the girl in this movie? I believe so. Um, she's bad mouthing. She's smack talking Freddie, talking about how his glove fingers are overcompensating for something downstairs. And look at Jason; he's got a giant machete, powerful machete. And she backs right up into Jason, turns around, and Jason friggin' went David Ortiz on her and sent her over the green monster into a tree. So <laughs> that was that was awesome. I I loved seeing that. Um, but it does it does get ridiculous uh, the more and more it goes on and I think they really drop the ball in this movie you are given two of the most iconic characters in horror and you can't make it cohesive it just it's it was good the first half the second half it just sucked and I hate to say it because it was it was great but the, the fighting between the two was good but I didn't know that Freddy studied Aikido. <laughs> you know? um, the the scenes. All right, in the dream world, a great great example. Freddy and Jason are fighting, and um, Jason is is coming at uh, Freddy, but something's punctured this water main behind him, and it forms this wall of water. And Jason gets right up to him, and before he reaches the wall of water, realizes what it is, and stops. And he's afraid. He can't go through this water. He's afraid of the water. Since friggin' when? You're playing on the fact that he drowned as a kid? Yes. Okay. Dream world. But he has... Yeah, I'm going to smack that magic right out your mouth. Uh (laughs) But no, he... 
You see him, I mean, the end of the movie, he's walking out of a lake all nice and calm. You know, why all of a sudden is he afraid of water in that scene? It just, it didn't fit. It didn't make sense. Um, there were some other parts, too. Uh, the, um, the, the fact that he didn't, he almost had a partnership with Lori, mm-hmm. Jason, you know, and that, that actually is the question. Do you think he had a partnership with her? He re- he understood that she was trying to stop Freddie more so than him. And do you think when everything was said and done, let's say it went a different route and, and Jason had the energy before the end of the, the movie, would he have tried to kill her? Um, I know I wouldn't. She was kind of cute. I, yeah, she didn't look like crack whore this time. <laughs> <laughs> you see bits and pieces of that concept throughout. Um, like you were saying, when it comes down to like a morality, he has some kind of awareness to his surroundings. Uh, doesn't kill children. All right, I ran out of statements with this one. That's about it. <laughs> but you see that sense in other movies yeah. with him and not so much a partnership because in everything else everybody wants him dead they just killed my friends I want you dead too mm-hmm. but you see some kind of thought with him some kind of connection to the outside world and with this now being somebody working with him towards a common enemy for all we know there could be him actually realizing this connection yeah. and going with it it's the first time it's happened true True. Now, uh, just looking at the time, we're probably going to have to wrap this up pretty soon because we're closing in on the two-hour mark, which is kind of strange. Our second episode is two hours. Hey. Um, but I, I want to wrap this up with, with one other movie, and then we'll discuss whether or not this series is a benefit or detriment to go as deep as it has. But this really isn't part of the series. It's kind of rebooting the series. And that was mm-hmm. the 2009 remake to Friday the 13th. Um, commonly referred to as the, the Killer Cup movie. Um, had Jared Padalecki in it. I'm yes. a fan of his. God, we're, I love that man. We're Supernatural fans, so we're, we're big fans of his. We won't mention Gilmore Girls. We'll keep that kind of quiet. Yeah, gotcha. Thank you, Dean. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I this movie had everything in it, and I think it could be its own standalone movie. You had um, for, uh, for almost said Freddy's mother. You had Jason's mother in the beginning. You had Sackhead Jason. You had Hockey Mask Jason. You've got the killing all happening in this campground-like field um, or setting. Um, so all in all, it was it was pretty pretty good to kind of wrap everything into one movie. Um, what did you think of this one? Um from the parts it it was okay um like you said i do like that it was a reboot it was kind of its standalone they didn't try to build on the series again and do something new with it i god they were getting some bad ideas yeah (laughs) but i felt like the design and makeup i guess would be the term or the costume department was haphazard it's in late 80s early 90s movies you have a rotting jason pieces are falling off of him bone is visible and but that wasn't until much later in the series oh well yeah but this it's you can almost tell that the costume was bought at walmart Mm -hmm. it well this this jason uh was it uh derek mears um this is my 
uh, second favorite Jason. Mm-hmm. I thought he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a, a brief glimpse of, glimpse of him without the mask uh, at one point. Looks very intimidating, kind of like the the Jason from um, Part Seven with the the telekinesis there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I did kind of kind of like that. Well, I actually looked more like a mix between that and the family from Wrong Turn. Um, <sighs> So <laughs> I did kind of like that. I loved Danielle Panabaker in this one as well. She's I'm a huge fan of hers in Flash, and I think she's adorable. But they made her kind of stump dumb in this as well. She had absolutely no problems that her boyfriend was sleeping with Bree. Um, Maybe they're into that. Travis. Oh, my fucking God. I can't stand Travis. He's right up there with Corey Feldman. But <laughs> Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like remakes or reboots more than i do sequels and it was mm-hmm. briefly said it briefly said in another uh, podcast that i listened to that with sequels it kind of waters down the series you you see the first one and all the horror is surprising but then you get a sequel and you already know what to expect you know what's coming with a reboot or a reimagining or a remake different you can change it you can make something different exactly so i actually prefer this over some of the sequels that we we got prior mm-hmm. um now that being said if you've listened to us for this whole two hours <laughs> you know we've got a pretty sick sense of humor i don't i don't know why i get such laughter from the scene with uh the girl under the dock yes <laughs> oh my god and he he stabs through the dock into her head i think it's the look <laughs> on her face she's like huh <laughs> and then when it finally you know the the brain dies and he pulls his weapon out and her head thunks on the bottom of the <laughs> the dock i don't know why i get such humor out of that and i feel bad <laughs> i really do you don't eh, no, no. <laughs> i I hate to say it, but I'd probably be so in shock even if I watched that occur in person. Yeah. The thunk on the dock would be like, <laughs> what was that? I would, and then cry. I would have much rather it had been Trent, though, <clears throat> instead of the, the girl. That's just because she was cute. Yeah, and she was naked at the time. So yes. But, yes. But seriously, Trent... Uh, played by Travis Van Rinkle, by the way, who I cannot stand watching him in anything else now because I relate him to the Trent character. Um, Jesus. He's such an ass. Uh, when Jason finally gets into the house and they're they're running around, um, Jason kills Bree in the bathroom. And now we've got uh, Danielle and Jared and um, Travis all in this room. And <laughs> something, they hear something fall and Travis turns around and shoots like three shots into the wall into the corpse of Bree but he goes in to see what it is and her corpse is laid up against the wall and he's pushing the door pushing the door he finally gets it open and only he can see in because it's just wide enough for his head peeks around and sees her on the ground with bullet holes in her back he quickly closes the door and turns to them and goes "Uh, Bree's dead he got Bree let's go (laughs) kind of pulls him away what dick move is that don't, don't you dare say magic. I was not going to say magic. <laughs> How the hell are you going to react if you just blow through a door, look through the door and realize, oh shit, I just shot her. Oops. I, I'd I probably do. say it was a bear. 
<laughs> Guys, it's a bear. We gotta go. <laughs> Bear's bad. We need to leave. Exactly. This, though, it was good to have a return to the standard Jason again. Mm-hmm. Even though Jason ran in this one. Eh. I don't know how I felt about seeing a running Jason. He's human in this one. Yeah, we're going all the way back to the beginning. We're kind of reimagining. And yeah, you can do the seeing new things by making him run. I, I agree. But um, wait, what did you think of the remake? It, it was okay. Um, I do like that it brought an older movie to... Oh, God, this is going to make me... This is aging myself to be a baby. It brought an older movie into my generation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as far-fetched for me to go out and ask people I went to high school with, hey, did you see this movie? Oh, yeah, I loved it. They know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm not that weirdo watching a 1980s movie. You were Being a cool like, weirdo, thank you, and you're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> hey, did you see this new movie? No. It wasn't alive when it was made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that made me feel old. I don't know. Glad I could help. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but, like I said, I personally, and it may just me being picky, I don't know. I just felt like the costume department was kind of haphazard. It was slap shady. I, I'm just going to start spitting out synonyms soon. But it was lacking something for me. It didn't have that originality. Like, they actually had to take the clothes and tear them because you couldn't go buy that costume at Walmart at the time. Right. It didn't have that original feel. Okay. And that, because I focused on that, because somebody got me into continuity and paying paying attention to tiny details, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of deterred from the movie for me. I got you. All right, well, let's, let's wrap it up then. Um... This is something we didn't actually do on the Hellraiser one, and I feel kind of bad. But this is, um, you know, the series, Benefit or Detriment. What do you think? Was was it a benefit or a detriment to send this series that deep? Extremely detrimental. Yeah. It, like we said, as the movies went on, we had less and less good things to say about them. Yeah. It finally got to the point where the only good thing was the credits. Yeah, no, I agree. And it was a Jason movie. That's the only reason we watched it, really. I I agree, and I wanted to see new and inventive deaths, and it got to be uh, the kind of the same thing every every so often. We're rehashing the same death, and I think that we we ran into that with Jason X. Although it was great to see some of those reminiscent kills, like the the sleeping bag scene. We've already seen it. You know, we need something new. And the scene I, was mimicked literally. I, I agree. It was very much a detriment to go this deep into a series. Um, I think you said everything you needed to say within the first, you know, three movies. Um, you had the the beginning story of Jason. You had the first appearance of Jason. You had the iconic mask. Um, but would it have been an iconic mask if it didn't go this deep? You know, so yeah. there's good and there's bad to it. I personally think probably half of these installments didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they majorly dropped the ball in Freddy versus Jason. Um, I liked what they did with the remake, but it just wasn't good enough to say, let's let's make a sequel to that. So, wrapping it up, uh, I agree. Detriment. Yeah, big time. It, as they went on, they just get disappointing. Yeah, I agree. It, I liked Seven, and again, uh, the new, or, yeah, the new blood, it was comical. 90% of my notes involved... 80s acting was horrible 
wow, 80s chicks were kind of hot back then. <laughs> I, holy shit, he call him odd some dude. That's yeah. all I had. <laughs> oh, the punch through the back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like holding the heart in his hand. He literally reverse call him odd this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but they, even before that, I kind of lost feel for them. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, so wrapping up yes it's it's a detriment to go this far uh look later on future episodes uh next up as you heard ian mention we're going to be covering the the saw series (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually looking forward to that we're going to have a third reviewer with that one so we're going to probably be recording from a different location so we can get everybody in on that um we're also going to be covering Wrong Turn. I actually just bought all six Wrong Turn movies. Why? <laughs> so we're going to actually review that one. And then uh, check out our um, Twitter page and our Facebook page. We've got a vote going on, which actually, you know what? No, don't check it out. I forgot because by the time this airs, that poll is going to be well done. We've got all the episodes recorded. So never mind. Forget anything. Ten out of ten. <laughs> exactly. You got it shut up but anyway guys we're also going to be looking into uh reviewing movies um little by little um picking out instead of just discussing them like this we're going to take a new horror movie and uh, if we can get to see it in the theater we're going to go check it out we're going to review it i'm going to try to um maybe record some words fresh from it as we're walking out of the theater so you try to get some some fun um on the spot reviews and, and discussions going about it uh Wrong we're gonna turn nine <laughs> we're gonna have a review system set up um a grading system all kinds of good stuff so watch for that we're also going to be working on um the web page we're going to get some movie reviews done there uh, i used to run a movie review website many many years ago and we're going to be transferring all those reviews to our new platform at horrorpocalypse.com so definitely check us out there uh don't forget to check us out uh the horrorpocalypse page on facebook twitter instagram um coming soon patreon and uh hopefully we'll we'll see you again soon guys thanks for listening